0: It's calling,
1: wake up time. It's your
0: time shine. You were born for such a time
2: and this. Such a time when I came back to the Lord, there are some places I had to avoid. And there are some friends I had to disconnect from. I had to put up the hedges because they pulled me down. If a person is pulling you down, cut that relationship. Oh, they're a friend. No, they're not. I don't think a person is a friend who's causing you to reject God and walk away from God. A friend sticks closer to a brother. A friend will draw you closer to
1: God. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship. Located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today's message on Regaining Lost Ground is titled, Your Past Doesn't Scare God and is a powerful call for believers to submit to the will of God through obedience to deny the flesh and live in the power of the Holy Spirit. This important sermon is a powerful encouragement for every believer to meditate on God's Word daily with constant prayer and supplication to the Lord. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Eidelman.
2: So again, we're going through that book, Disciplines of a Godly Man. I'm going to go through what he recommends here. But here's what we have to do. You have to change your physical environment, and you have to change your spiritual environment. Do you not? Both are very important. I mean, there's been seasons, you know, where where we're all being a certain environment, and it's difficult. Uh, example, summertime, down in a place, oh, this environment's difficult. And you can't always avoid, I'm not talking about living in your house like a hermit. I mean, you, got, you can't always avoid these things. You do have to strengthen yourself. And sometimes you'll go to places that are not good and not godly and... Um, you, you just have to be careful. I mean, I know a ministry, they actually go into porn conventions and minister. And one of the guys asked me, do you want to go next year? I'm like, no, I do not want to go. I don't have, I have no desire. God, bless you. Pray. I hope you're fasted and prayed up and you should probably just send women in there. But if you can do it, okay. I'm not going to say you can't, but I, you got to be careful. It's just amazing uh, sometimes what the environment will provide. So our physical environment and the, and the environment of your heart. And I like to ask these questions questions. Who, what, where, when, why, and how, right? So who makes me fall? What wakes makes me fall? Where do I fall? Why do I fall? And when do I fall? So when you start to understand the what, where, why, when, and how, how do I fall? You can begin to be prepared because to be forewarned is what? To be forearmed. Because there's often triggers, correct? What keeps triggering you? Sitting at home, bored when your wife leaves? Well, when she leaves, you leave. Stop the trigger and start praying and asking God to help in this area. But again, I'm not naive. I know just, you know, if my wife leaves and I leave, that'll fix the problem. No, it won't. It's just one solution of many. Again, it's not about works. It's about, it's, it's about putting nothing wicked before our eyes. It's about making no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. These are scriptural truths lived out in our lives. So practical application, again, from disciplines of a godly man, it's a process. Do not give up in the war even when you lose the battle. We get up and we fight again. So he talked about number one, accountability. Accountability. Now, what is this all about? Well, accountability is interesting because there's two sides of this, two extremes. On one side, accountability. It's these guys say, you just got to have accountability. You got to have accountability. You got to have accountability. You got to have accountability. And it's all about accountability. And if you know as well as I do, you can, you can monkey around accountability. You can sidestep it. You can, you know, if if you're trusting in that and that alone, you're in trouble because I, I don't believe that someone else should keep you accountable. I don't, I don't believe you should go to someone and say, Hey man, keep me accountable. Unless you keep me accountable, I'm falling. Unless you call me and pray for me and are right there. So we put too much emphasis in it. But then the other side is the lone ranger. They don't, they're just going to do it on their own. They're not going to involve anyone else. They're not going to use accountability to their advantage whatsoever. And as all things, we need to find that middle ground often. So what is the middle ground? Well, I believe that when a person is accountable, meaning, here's what I mean by that. There's somebody maybe you trust, someone you know, uh, someone you can go to and say, hey, listen, I am struggling with this. Ooh, that was hard, wasn't it? Just to say. Isn't that a little humiliating? I- I'm struggling with this. Can you pray for me? Ask me how it's going when I see you on Tuesday. Oh, now you just upped it a little bit, didn't you? Uh, because... You don't want to uh, fall and keep falling and have this person, a Christian, you know, uh, think, what's wrong with you? You know, why do you keep falling, keep falling, keep falling? So what the accountability can do is it can bring the sin to the light. So now I've exposed this sin. I've said, I have a struggle with this. Would you help me? Would you pray for me this week? I struggle in this area. I'm str- I'm attracted to whoever or I'm stumbling here and you 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 bring in that accountability. So there's an extra layer there of, of precaution. Uh some websites such as Covenant Eyes does allow your spouse to see your website history. Uh talk about <laughs> talk about making you a little bit more careful with what you look at. Uh that will really help, don't you think? What about if all the questionable websites you visited went to your mom? Or make it broader, what about if every questionable website you went to went to all those people you know who are close to you? So you can see how that, would you choose a little differently? Every head in this room should be saying, yes, I would. Because there's an embarrassment. There's a There's accountability. Or people have it go to your wife, like I do. If anything comes up that that the red flag triggered, it will go to her email. And it even says, here's what was searched for. Will go to her email. Fredericks a Hollywood, why did you search for that? Or whatever it is, it's controversial, or it's questionable. So see, that does add a little bit of layer of accountability, and I think that's wise. I don't think there's a there's any issue with I don't think there should be an issue because the enemy's strategic, the enemy's smart, the enemy wants to take you down and I want to put as much ammunition into my gun as possible. I want to sh- sh- I don't need an AR15, I need a prayer closet. I need accountability. I need things that fight the enemy on his ground. So that's what accountability does. It brings the struggle to the light. You tell someone, I'm struggling in this area and someone prays with you. They 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 ask how you're doing and there's an accountability there. But that in and of itself is not the answer. It's just one piece of the puzzle. And as Kent Hughes also mentioned, and number two, memorization and application of the Word of God. <coughs> Did you know that you can retrain your mind? And here's where I really want to encourage you, because I remember years ago, and I've talked to people a lot, that they are so deep in this that they see no way out. They're looking at something every day. They've got lust for this every day. The lust are actually becoming not natural anymore, and they're lusting after things that are not good. And th- th- there's this monster. They don't know how to. They don't know how to break free of it. They're, they're in so deep. But you take that same Christian and you talk to a Christian who hasn't looked at pornography in six months, hasn't seen, is not. Wh- what's the difference? The mind has been retrained, and this person is filled with the Spirit. This person is quenching and grieving the spirit. So you can become that person. It's a retraining of the mind. The, the, um, uh, the, the Even psychologists note, uh, I don't remember the exact term again, but cognitive behavioral uh, changes and uh, neuroplasticity. That was the, the uh, word I was looking for, where you can tra- change your mind. But that's actually, they're just teaching what the Bible teaches. Be not conformed to this world, but be what? transformed by the renewing of your mind so the more you renew your mind that's why that's why with entertainment i would cut the stuff off i would get into the word i would get in worship and when you start to feed your mind on the things of god it starts to retrain it, refocus it. now lust begins to dwindle lust begins to die you wake up different i i boy I'm, I'm really changing because you're renewing your mind and that's one of the great things about a word i'm going to use here it's an f word can you guys handle it? Fasting? Oh, it's just, it's a four letter word. Four letter F word. F A S T. Fast. Fasting is a wonderful spiritual discipline that actually starves the flesh. I mean, it takes a little while. It's, you, you, you'd you think all hell's breaking loose and there's a demon coming out of you the first day or two. Because the flesh is, no! Give me king stomach wants more food. And it's a spiritual discipline that fasting. I I don't know too many people when they're, they're lusting when they're fasting and that meat. There are, there's something. There's animalistic appetites. I've, I've seen it my own self. I've experienced it. And you feed this, 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 uh, this lust. That's why they often tie drunkenness and gluttony together. Gluttony and sexual sin together. They're often tied in there. Because it's a giving up of the body appetites. So when we fast, you starve that appetite and you take away its power and its authority. I know this might seem weird to some people because they've never done it, but I remember when I did a nine-day fast a while back, I want to do something again here real shortly. But after a couple of days, the lust is just gone. Now, I don't think a person needs to live there. That's not healthy, especially if you're married. Plus, you can't. you got to eat or you'll die. But there's a point where you get where you, you, your lust has died. You have no desire for the other sex whatsoever. It, it's gone because the body has been so starved of those fleshly appetites that it's, it, it's amazing, and you're so filled with God's Spirit so memorization and application. The reason I put application in here is because we have to apply what we memorize. So here's this picture so far. Do you, you see this person conquering sin? They have a count, in other words, they brought it to the light. If your spouse can be your accountability partner, you know, some of you, yes, yeah, some of you, that's not a good idea. Uh, but we can tell our, our spouse, some, some of us, hey, I'm struggling in this area. Can you pray for me? And, um, and, and, and bring in accountability, memorization of scripture and the application of it. And then he mentioned maintaining hedges. What's a hedge? It's a border of protection. This is what I already talked about this mainly earlier, but putting up a border of protection. There, there's some type of protection, not getting close to those you're attracted to, not falling in this area that you know you're going to fall in, not going to the place that you that that um that you go to if you're going to fall. Anybody have those places? When I came back to the Lord, there are some places I had to avoid. I'm I'm not going. Maybe I could go back now. I don't know. But there are some places I haven't been to. Las Vegas in 20 years. I haven't been to Laughlin in 20 years. I haven't been to schooners in 20 years. Very. <laughs> i i i just i probably could now i don't want to find out but there are some places where i'm putting up the hedge and there are some friends i had to disconnect from i had to put up the hedges because they put they pulled me down for example is it easier for me to pull someone up to where i'm at or for them to pull me down much easier for them to pull me down even a smaller person So we have to, you have to know where you're at spiritually. If a person is pulling you down, cut that relationship. Oh, they're a friend. No, they're not. I don't think a person is a friend who's causing you to reject God and walk away from God. I don't think that's a friend. I think that's a companion in sin. I think it's an excuse to keep indulging, but it's not a friend. A friend sticks closer to a brother. A friend will draw you closer to God. And then four, reality check. Reality check. He foresees evil and he hides. A reality check is not believing the lies and looking at where, let me give myself a reality check. What is this going to mean? And you guys should play the whole picture through in your mind. Okay, where Satan is drawing you. Let me see how this is going to play out, Satan. Okay, for in my case, let me see here. Okay, that choice is going to lead to that and lead to that. Now I lose my family. Now I lose the respect of my wife and my kids. Now I have to step down from pastoring a church. Now I've got tremendous shame and guilt. It will probably lead to suicidal thoughts or an addictive nature. I'm going to lose everything. Self-respect. How, how many people am I going to hurt in the process? So you play out the whole tape in your mind. You don't just how temptation gets you is that immediate impulse. We make a decision based on the immediate impulse without playing it out in our mind to see where is this going to lead, what is this going to cost me. So there's a reality check that takes place. And then he also noted again from Kent Hughes's book, "Disciplines of a Godly Man," divine awareness. Divine awareness. What is that? Well, this is good because when you begin to realize. That the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is in my heart, in my life, right now and in yours, if you're a believer. There's a divine awareness. There, there, there's a fear of the Lord. Because often we forget about that, don't we? Before we sin, we forget about that. We don't have that divine awareness. That's why it's very hard to go directly from church and into sin. It's usually a process. Days go by, we, we we lose that divine awareness of God's power and presence in our life that he's watching, that the, the fear of the Lord should keep us away from sin. So you bring back that divine awareness. You remember, remind yourself that the Holy Spirit is in you, dwelling. And then finally he talks about prayer, setting the guard in place. Prayer is what sets the guard in place. And I'm convinced that this is why it's so hard for men to pray. This is why it's so hard for men to pray because it's so powerful that's the weapon because that gets our mind refocused that gets our mind trained again on god mark 14 38 watch and pray why so that you will not fall into temptation the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak so it's this thought of guarding keeping a watch and spiritually alert Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. That should be the heartbeat of our day. I'm going to watch and pray all day long. Shane, how are you going to do that? You have things to do. No, it's not just sitting somewhere watching and praying all day. It's an alertness. It's a spirit of prayer. When Paul says, I do not cease praying all day, it's a spirit of prayer, meaning there's an atmosphere of prayer. You can go shop, you can still work, but your heart's set on the things of God. Your heart is, your heartbeat is still with God. You're praying in your heart and your spirit when you can. There's a, there's, a, there, there, there's a praying without ceasing. It's a life of prayer. And that's what it means. Guarding, keeping a watch, and spiritually alert. So as soon as you put down your guard, you're not keeping watch and you're no longer spiritually alert, that's when we are open for the attacks of the enemy. That's when we fall. So Jesus said, watch and pray. Psalm 119. I rise before dawn and I cry out for help. I wait for your word, God. Woo! I like that one. So all you late-nighters, I want to challenge you this morning. Get up early. I rise before dawn and cry out for help. I rise before dawn and cry out for help. Let me tell you, that has been probably one of the biggest changes in my life over the last 20 years is this verse. I rise up early and I cry for help. God hears the cries of his people. If you get up early and you seek God, you open his word, you say, God, I want to obey you today. God, I need your power. I need your strength. Remove Delilah out of my path before she even enters. God, would you strengthen me and encourage me? God, fill me with your spirit. I want to fight less. Lord, keep the enemy at bay. I don't want to watch things that draw me away. Lord, I want to be filled with your spirit this morning. God, would you please hear the cry of your servant? You think that day is going to go any be- much better than you popping on YouTube and watching, the- watching something you shouldn't watch? What, 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 days do you think, what day do you think is going to be better for you? Where you get up, you look at your phone, who texts me, go on Facebook, oh, what is that? Or, you, or Instagram, avoid that if you can. Or Snapchat. And we go on these things, we start looking, what's going to strengthen you? I cry out. I rise up before dawn. I cry out for help, Lord. I wait for your word. What does that mean? He's not in a hurry. You've heard me say this before. Microwave Christianity is not going to cut it in these dire times. You can't just push two minutes and hope that your little thing is warm and put it on your back. Or push two minutes and fix your burrito. This is not microwave Christianity. This is waiting on God and fighting, keeping guard, keeping a watch, staying spiritually alert. <clears throat> I'm just as concerned for my soul on Monday as I am when I leave here. Because the enemy can come in at any time. Actually, he looks for opportune times. Opportune times. And this, this, this acronym for addiction helps in this area as well. It's called HALT. It reminds you to be careful when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Should we review that again? Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And if you think about it, that's when he's come in, hasn't he? Usually in those areas. Dude, I'm mad at God. He didn't answer my prayer. Who, men are, many men are mad across our nation today because they believe that God should have taken this away. If God really loved me, I've heard that. If God really loved me, he would take this away. I'm not going to church. If God really loved me, why doesn't he answer these prayers? Why am I still dealing with this? Why am I still tempted with this? If God really loved me, if he really cared, why doesn't he answer my prayers? Well, sometimes you got to fight. you got to put on your big boy pants, stop complaining, start getting in the word of God and applying everything we just talked about. Get up and fight again. Rise up early and cry out. I cry for help. Many men don't like to say that. But you have to cry out for help. So again, your past doesn't scare God. Get up and fight again. Get up and begin to apply these principles. Even if you've fallen this morning, or yesterday, or wherever you are, bring it to the light. Repent. Let God cleanse you. And the, the people on fire for God are those who've got up out of temptation and they fought again. They fell forward, falling forward into God's grace and God's mercy. That's not permission to sin. If you've known my sermons, if you've heard my sermons, you know I would not do that. But I do understand that the battle is real, and we have to get up. I just heard a story. I can't remember the man who did this, but it was it was really good. He he pulled up two chairs. He pulled up two chairs next to each side, and and he sat down one chair, and he looked at the other chair. He said. Devil, you're going to sit there and you're going to watch me worship. I love that. I love that. The devil cannot make you do anything. Your enemy is our, is a defeated foe fighting from a, a position of victory. He just entices. He just puts the bait on the lure. He can't cause you to do anything. Stop giving him too much credit. The devil's after my finances. The devil's after my marriage. The devil's after... He is, but he only presents the bait he's just the influencer he just plants the lies so who was that flip wilson the devil made me do it remember that guy hope i'm not dating myself i was real little i don't know if i was born how's that but he he, well the devil made me do it well the devil made me do it and in pentecostal circles i hear that well the devil the devil's doing this the devil's trying to no you're so you're actually giving yourself into temptation you, he's 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 influencing you, but the devil didn't make you do anything. He presents the bait. He plants the lie. And it's up to us as believers to watch and fight and persist. I love this word persistence. Here, Okay, here's what's happening. Mean, I was going to close, but I've got to tell you this. What's happening in our culture today is we're creating that, you know this, where the term snowflake comes from? You know, and they don't want to be offended, and everybody's so sensitive, and we forget we we have forgotten that words like discipline and perseverance and commitment are battle words. They are words that are still relevant today. You are called to discipline yourself, to persevere, to fight. All these words that are wonderful biblical truths. We're trying to soften them down. And one of those words is persistence. What does it mean? Continuing a course of action in spite of difficulty and opposition. I've come here to tell you as a man until the day you breathe your last breath and are buried six feet under, you better persist. You better fight. There's going to be a continual course of action towards the cross of Christ. No matter how difficult things come, no matter how much opposition, all hell is coming against me, you are here to fight. Fight again, fight again and get back up and fight again and get back up and fight again and get back up and fight again and persevere. And devil, you got me that time, but I'm getting up again and here I come. And you just keep coming, you turn into Mike Tyson on the devil. How's that? He's calling, wake up,
0: child. it's your turn. You born, wolf, down? He's calling, wake up, child. it's your
1: You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. I want to the Father when
0: He calls oh, He's Wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. you born for such a time as